0: Welcome to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis.
1: Hi, welcome to Finish Well Podcast. I am so excited that you're with us today. And we have a really, really special show today. We're going to talk about how churches can support homeschooling. And I want to tell you how this whole podcast was birthed, because I have a friend from college, and he is now an elder at a Baptist church in Sebastian, Florida, and I live up in north of orlando florida in a town called lake mary and so he called and he said hey our church really wants to reach out to homeschoolers how can we do that and i said wow i've never had anyone ask me to come and speak on that so i was really surprised and of course immediately i said yes because i have such a heart our church has been very homeschool friendly And I just really have a heart for that to happen, for churches to reach out to homeschoolers. And now with so many more people homeschooling, the homeschooling world is a mission field too. And so I was just so excited. So then I thought, well wow, what are things that a church can do? Because I know there are things that our church has done, and I know there are things that other churches have done. So I I made a list, and then I went on some of my Facebook groups and said, hey, I'm going to speak at this church. Do you have any ideas? And so they shared their ideas, and I was so excited because so many of them merged and meshed with my ideas. But listen, here was what was so cool. I went to this church. And the leaders were there, and they were so loving and so sweet. They made us lunch, and I took my friend Hosanna with me, and they made us lunch, and they made us feel comfortable, and I got to speak to them, and then afterwards, we were just chatting, and one of them said, yeah, they had a a tiny church, but they had seven acres of land, and so they said that one day they were sitting around and they were complaining about whose turn was it going to be next to mow the seven acres and uh and then all of a sudden they realized wow we have seven acres of land this is what god has given us it's not something to complain about mowing it's something that we can use for his glory so then they prayed lord how can we use our seven acres of land to serve to reach out to people to share the gospel so the lord put it on their heart to make a soccer field and they made a soccer field that can also be used for touch football and that's how they're and they're still saying lord show us show us what to do i thought so this is a shout out to cornerstone baptist church god bless you you guys inspired me so much so now everything i see i'm in my house or things i know i can do i'm like lord Okay, here is my seven acres of land. I want you to use it. I want to win the loss. I want to build up your kingdom. And I just was so blessed by this church and by their character, by their heart, and by the way they want to serve the Lord. So if you're listening and you're a pastor, and you're listening and maybe you're a church leader or maybe you're just a homeschooling family and you want your church to be homeschool friendly and you're about to share this podcast with your leaders. Well, let me just say this, okay? That you don't have to have a lot to be homeschool friendly. I'm going to share things that are really extravagant almost and things that are really basic and small and you might think oh wow i could definitely do that so i think as we go through this talk you're going to be really encouraged to realize that wow i can do that and i i would encourage you as you listen just listen to everything jot down ideas start with one thing and then maybe do two things and then maybe do three but don't try to do everything on this list that is not the purpose of this list. This list is just to give you a smorgasbord of ideas for you to choose one. So are you ready for some ideas? Here we go. Why should you reach out to homeschooling families, church leader? Have you wondered? Well, let me tell you, the homeschooling movement is rapidly growing. In fact, So many people were forced to homeschool with the lockdowns, found out that they really, really liked it. And so they're getting on board with the whole homeschool thing, and they are ready to pitch public school and jump right into homeschooling. So you're going to see this population grow more and more because Let's face it, homeschooling your kids is such an effective way to educate them, and it's a great way to build close family relationships. Now, it may not be for everyone, but a lot of people are going to begin to embrace this lifestyle more and more. You probably have homeschooling families in your congregation right now, and maybe you're not even sure what to do with them. Another thing that's happening, and the church needs to be aware of this, is that the homeschooling community is growing. And as it grows, there's a lot of non-believers that are coming into the homeschooling movement and they call themselves secular homeschoolers. And so right now I made a list of all of the homeschool curriculum that I knew of and about 65 to 70% of it was secular. And some of it packaged itself a little bit as christian but it was all secular and so if we as christians have a christian world view and we want to proclaim Christ, we believe the Bible speaks to all of life, then we're going to have a different take on things. We're not going to want to rewrite history. We're going to want to tell the truth about what really happened. We are going to teach that God created all things. We're not going to teach that somehow we evolved over millions of years. So there's going to be a difference in the way that we teach. But at the same time, We have all our new secular friends who are homeschooling. This is an opportunity to share the gospel with these people. This is an opportunity to let our light shine. So that's one thing that you're going to have to figure out how you're going to tackle that. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But just to say this. The homeschooling world is now a mission field and many people in the homeschooling world, many, many people are not saved and they need to hear the gospel and be born again. So that is why you should reach out to homeschooling families. What are homeschooling families like? You know, homeschooling families are all very unique. They have different philosophies. They have different methods. They have different styles. I have a homeschooling friend who her children watch videos from a Christian school and then they do the work and she supervises them doing the work. They send the work in and it's graded. I have other friends who go on nature walks and read books out loud. I have other friends who do notebooking and they they read and watch and learn things and then they fill out these beautiful elaborate notebooks. So it, it's just, there's such a wide variety of philosophies and the way people even school. And one thing that I love about that is, wow, I just want to do it all. I hear about classical education and I think, oh, wow, that's so cool. I hear about Charlotte Mason and I think, oh, I love that. Let's do that. And then unit studies. Oh, wow, unit studies are so fun. So the thing is, you're going to meet people who are just doing some really fun things and they're all a little bit different. But here's a couple things that are similar. Ages tend to be more integrated with homeschoolers. You'll find that homeschoolers get along with adults. They get along with older kids and younger kids. And they are usually separated by interest and abilities, not necessarily by grade and age. So for instance, I lead a homeschool co-op. And when I offer electives, then we'll have all ages in the electives. When we do history, we have history labs so that all of the kids can participate together. And, of course, the science labs, they all do those together from kindergarten all the way up to seniors in high school. It, homeschooled kids tend to be able to work well with other age groups. It's, it's really, really cool. And um, some families you'll find they want to keep their kids with them during the worship and during the sermon and other families, they really want their kids in Sunday school because they've been with their kids all week and they want their kids. They want nursery. We want nursery during the, you know, the service. So again, they're different, but you might run into families who say, well, we really don't want to put our kids in Sunday school. We want our kids to stay with us. And and that can, Sometimes throw pastors, because this is how we've always done things, we think. Well, we haven't always done things actually that way. And so maybe like it could be something that you watch and see how it goes. And it, it might be something really cool. Uh, Christian homeschoolers have a Christian worldview and they believe the Bible applies to all of life. So many of them, though not all, believe that God created the world in six days and they adhere to creation science, and there's a lot out there. So sometimes pastors that hear me speak at a homeschooling convention, and I might mention creation science, and they come to me and they're like, wow, I've never heard of that. All I've ever heard my whole life is evolution. So you're going to find some new things, and you're going to find homeschoolers, like they really dig in and research, and they they want to know what is true like what what is true and so it's it's pretty neat and then i wanted to explain to you the difference between a support group an umbrella school and a co-op because each of those are possibilities for your church to host a support group is a group of homeschoolers that meet together for field trips, or they might have a park fun day or a field day, or they might have a play day once a month, but they all homeschool on their own. They do all their classwork at home, and when they come together, it's for support. It's to build relationships. A homeschool support group might have mom's meetings where they equip the moms or parents' meetings where they equip the parents to be good parents to homeschool their children that's a great possibility for you but more on that later so a co-op is a cooperative that means every person in a co-op does a job and homeschooling families will co-op for classes so one mom might be a registered nurse and so she loves teaching biology and human anatomy Another mom might be a great writer and so she wants to teach an English class. Another mom might really enjoy history. So different moms teach different things or dads and that way the they're kind of sharing homeschool responsibilities and that can be really great. My friend Laura is she loves science and she loves math. So she taught my kids physics, chemistry, and biology in high school, but I taught her kids history and English because those are my fortes, and so it worked out really well. Now, we didn't teach all classes in a co-op. We did most of the classes at home, but we would take one or two or even three or four classes each year in a homeschool co-op, and it's especially popular for high school when people are homeschooling high school. Now, an umbrella school is actually a private school. The students do their work at home under the supervision of the parents, but all the work is turned in to the school, and the school keeps grades. So when, when that person goes to college, they're looked at as having gone to a private school, not having been homeschooled. So I hope that explains some of the differences, because you're going to hear those terms, support group, co-op, and umbrella school. Now things to consider when you're thinking as a church that we would like to support homeschooling. Do you want to promote Christian values or not? In other words, do you want whatever you do to be Christian in nature or do you want it to just whatever the homeschool co-op wants to do? Do you want to have a statement of faith? If you're going to do an organization like for instance at our church, we have As part of a ministry of the church, we have a homeschool co-op and that homeschool co-op, everyone who joins the co-op, they don't have to be in our church, but they do have to sign a statement of faith and they do have to be plugged into their local church because we want to co-op. We want to teach with like-minded parents. So we made that choice. This can all be tricky when you're getting into legal things as well and i'm going to touch on that as well in a a minute or so what activities or behavior will you allow or not allow now this can get really tricky because standards in the world are dropping 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 and things are getting murky so what kind of behavior will you allow will you allow kids teenagers to make out if they're dating will you allow them to hold hands Will you allow people to bring a knife to school or a gun to, or not to school to church or a gun to, to church or for any of these homeschool activities? So all of these need to be things that you consider and don't assume that people will behave well. There's such a wide range of discipline among Christians and then even more so among homeschoolers because they run the gamut. And you, you'll you see kids that are very obedient, very polite. And then you'll see kids that are climbing the walls and don't even think about bumping in and breaking something. So You need to set the standards for what happens in your church and you need to stick to it and not be ashamed of it. We don't, for instance, in my house, I don't allow running. And if someone comes into my house and they run, I tell them it's a privilege to come into my house and you cannot run in my house. You can go run in my backyard, but you can't run in my house. So those are things that you have the right as leaders in a church, to stipulate there will be no roughhousing here. You guys can play outside, but no roughhousing. So different things like that. So think about what you would allow and what you would not allow. And then insurance liability. Do you want to have things happen on your church property? You need to call your insurance guy and find out if you're insured. Now also, I would also, if if you rent and allow a homeschool co-op or homeschool um, support group to come in and rent your building, which can help you out financially, by the way, and that's a plus, if you do that, they should have their own insurance and they should have their own liability insurance too. But you want to have that backup for yourself. So just make sure your church administrator or the the leader who's the best at that looks through all the legal ramifications, like what happens if someone breaks their arm or something like that. One thing that we do with our co-op is we have three weeks on, one week off. And that way it's not every single week, week after week. Okay, so those are kind of the background things. And now I'm going to jump right into how can your church support homeschooling? Well, they can have special senior year events. So students in their senior year at a public school would have a prom. They would have fun different activities. And so what about you? Could you maybe host a senior banquet for the homeschoolers in your area or maybe host a senior play or host a senior fun activity. All of those can be really neat. Another thing that you can do is you can rent weekly to a homeschool co-op. You can also rent to a homeschool co-op for special events. Now remember when you're renting weekly to a homeschool co-op, you have to remember they are, they're meeting often so it's not like a support group a support group might come in once a month so you might want to rent to a support group but you might want to rent to a homeschool co-op and of course you would charge more to the homeschool co-op you might want to rent to a homeschool co-op for play days maybe you have a big property like my friends in sebastian have and you might want to rent to a homeschool co-op they just come and they use the field and, of course, you'll, you will know that a lot of them will want to come in and use the bathroom, so be prepared for that. Then you might want to start your own church ministry of a homeschool co-op. And that would just require getting in touch with someone in the church who has a heart for that and letting them go talk to different co-op leaders in your area and so that they have a background and know what to do. It's honestly pretty simple our homeschool co-op was birthed in our house my my friend and i just got together and did history together and soon another family was added and then another and then you know after time we had to get more formalized but if you're starting one it you can decide whatever you want up at the beginning so that's awesome Um, and it's been a great ministry in our church you can host a weekly or monthly sports day Those are super popular for homeschoolers because as you can imagine, when you have a family with babies and toddlers and just one or two older kids, it's really hard to do PE stuff with your kids because the toddler cannot swing a bat and the toddler cannot catch out in the infield. So it's really special to be able to have sports days and that is something that we really appreciated And our church actually did that for a while. For a while, we were renting in another church and we rented Saturday evenings. And so Sunday mornings, we hosted a sports day and the people in our church who homeschooled would come out and people from other churches, like there's some big churches that people go to church on Saturday nights or maybe Sunday nights and they came out and we had a sports, a weekly sports day on Sunday morning. One thing that that you can do is host a weekly or monthly mom's morning out so the church just says hey all you homeschool moms all you moms with little children we are going to host a mom's day out and we're going to provide babysitting for two hours or three hours the first wednesday of every month and then people come and they drop off their children and you watch the children and it's, it's really something that's an, especially older grandmoms who are far away from their grandchildren might really love volunteering for. So that's another way that you can support homeschooling families. You might want to host a weekly or monthly homeschool get together. For a while, what was really popular in my area with homeschooling was English, old English country dancing and it is a blast. It these like the Virginia Reel and different dances like that and we had so much fun. And different churches would host these events and so many homeschoolers would go and it was just good wholesome fun. So that's something you can do and it it's not it it would be you know, of course, having someone from the church be there while they were there just to make sure everything is kosher, and then making sure they clean up after. But for a nominal fee, that gives a little extra money to the church. But it's such a blessing for homeschooling families to be able to do that. Another thing that you could do is to host a monthly homeschool speaker, or even watch a video series. But when I went to um, Cornerstone Baptist Church in Sebastian, they had decorated the room so nicely with tablecloths and candy out on the tablecloths. And it, the table, it was just so nice. And I thought, wow, that would be the perfect setting to invite any homeschooling families in the area who want to come and maybe hear two different homeschool speakers and have fellowship after that would just be a wonderful evening and a fun night out for mom and dad who really want to grow as homeschooling parents we're going to take a quick break and then i'm going to finish with more ideas of how your church can reach out to homeschooling families we'll be right back
0: Powerline Productions wants to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus as you homeschool your children. Because of this, we offer a wide variety of books and ebooks about homeschooling. Joyful and successful homeschooling starts with the basics of getting ready to homeschool, then moves through the nuts and bolts of schooling your own children. Don't miss this great resource. Learn more at powerlineprod.com. That's P O W E R L I N E P R O D.com. Powerline Productions. Being world changers, raising world changers. You've been listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Now back to your host, Meredith Curtis.
1: Welcome back. We have talked about a lot of different things, and I have even more, but I think you're really going to like them, and I hope already you're hearing some ideas and you're thinking, yeah, that would be a good idea. You could provide babysitting for ladies' Bible studies at your church. A lot of churches have weekly ladies' Bible studies that are in the daytime. Most of them have a nursery for the little babies, of moms who are attending. But if you really want to be homeschool friendly, you could have two more rooms for children. One would be for older children who they don't want to be in with the babies. They want to play checkers and they want to play board games and they maybe want to go outside and play on the playground. So for those older kids, you could have a separate babysitting room and then also a study room where some of the kids might want to come and work on their homework Honestly, the study room is probably not necessary, but there are some kids who do want to study. But I found we used to have a study room, and the kids never study when they were together. They were so excited to see other kids their age. So, okay, here's a great one. I love this one. And there's a large church in our area who does this well, and I really appreciate them. So, provide internships for homeschool teens. Internships. If you think about an internship, usually you think about college. You think about, oh, he's, he's a business major, so he's interning with Verizon. But what I'm talking about here is internships for high school kids. They can still learn all of these different things that I'm going to mention and do a really good job. It's, it's a bonus for you because it's free work for the church. It's a bonus for whoever is interning them. Because they're growing as a teacher and it's just a win-win for everyone. And so the, the child has maybe like four hours a week that they come and they do these internships, which would be work for the church. For example, they might do office work. They might do missions projects. They might work on the sound team, do technology or do PowerPoint my sound team is often it's usually led by an adult but often the teens are the ones who do the powerpoint and sound and they're usually homeschooled because they have more time and they really enjoy it and one thing about homeschool teens if you're thinking in an internship with teenagers ah homeschool teens do tend to be more mature and more responsible so you you will you will really enjoy them working for you they can work on the website. A lot of homeschool teens really know their way about round computers and can build some beautiful websites. They might be part of your visitation team, and then maybe after a couple of years, they might lead it. They might be on the worship team. We have always had at least one teen on the worship team. Sunday school, they can teach Sunday school. They can plan curriculum. And what about the grounds, building, maintenance, and repair Maybe you have someone who's in charge of the grounds or maybe just someone who comes out once a month. A homeschool team could be the assistant. And all of these things can count as volunteer hours and they can count as internships on their college application. So you can learn to word these things well so that they're a win-win for the teen. It's a win for the church again because you're getting... You're getting a good, responsible person putting in hours once a week. It's a win for them because they're getting volunteer hours, which they can use toward different scholarships. Like in our state, our Bright future scholarship in Florida, you have to have volunteer hours. So that's perfect. And it's also a win-win because when they're filling out their college application, they can put internship down providing educational workshops and seminars. So I already talked about hosting maybe a monthly homeschool speaker, but what about some workshops and seminars on how to raise children, how to train children, how to have a good marriage, how to teach, different things. So all of those kinds of things are a great draw and a great blessing to the homeschooling community. Now here is my all-time favorite, there is a church near us that has a lending library for their church and it is filled with classic literature and living books and biographies lots of christian hero biographies homeschool curriculum wholesome family movies and dvd series it is a homeschool mom's dream and I would say, I think they charge a small fee to join, and that pays, you know, like if they never return a book or something like that. But there are so many homeschool use curriculum sales where you can pick up so much stuff for a song, and I'm sure that if you decided, I'm going to start a library in my church, many, many people would donate books, and you would soon be really stocked up well. Next What about hosting a homeschool graduation ceremony? We met at one church for our co-op, but then we ended up having, we often have to rent a different church to have the graduation ceremony. And the reason why is some churches are built better for co-ops because they have a lot of classrooms. They have a lot of different rooms. Whereas when you're having a graduation ceremony, you need a really big sanctuary, not necessarily a lot of classrooms. So anyway, that's how there and there's churches. They don't want to necessarily open up their church for a weekly basis, but they're happy to have a graduation ceremony take place once a year. So that's a really big help, too. Another thing, a way that you can reach out to homeschooling communities is to use your retirees. You know, our churches are filled with older people who have so many skills and gifts that they almost feel like, well, does anyone need me or want me? Well, yes, homeschooling families need you and they want you. Retirees can serve as teachers in co-ops. We have a woman. She's not retired, but her kids are grown. She's a grandmother like me. We actually have three grandmothers right now in the homeschool co-op. And they all teach and they love it. I'm one of the grandmoms and, you know, my kids are grown, but I love to teach at the homeschool co-op. Retirees can give lessons. They could give instrument lessons, singing lessons. They could lead a choir of homeschoolers. They could do teach marksmanship or cooking or baking or knitting and crocheting or quilting or carb maintenance. Another thing that uh, retirees are great at is tutoring. A lot of times homeschooling families hit a wall, like with math, especially math seems to be troubling. If you have a retiree who is good at math, encourage them to be a homeschool tutor, either charging money or just as a service. One woman in our church didn't really need the money. So what she would do is she would have people make a donation to the church instead of paying. Her. And also, your church could start an umbrella school. Now, that is like starting a Christian school. The difference is the students all work at home, so what you really need is a principal administrator kind of thing. But people pay money to be part of these umbrella schools, and you provide a service by overseeing the schoolwork, checking in, and really being a support to the homeschooling parents in your umbrella school. So that is a lot of things to think about, a lot of ideas, I know. But I think you'll find that investing in this ever-growing population of homeschooling families is a good use of your time. So I want to thank you for listening, and I hope this will spark many discussions among church leaders, among homeschooling families of What could our church do to reach out to homeschooling families? God will show you again, just present those seven acres to him and say, Lord, we don't have a lot, but we have seven acres or Lord, we don't have a lot, but we have this empty room or Lord, we don't have a lot, but we have so many retired school teachers, whatever you have. I know the Lord can use. God bless you. I'm excited to be with you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.